Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode six of the Films with Ferrara podcast. I'm your host, Dominic Ferrara, the editor-in-chief of filmswithferrara.wordpress.com. And joining me, as always, our senior editor and officially a co-host, Mr. TJ Blankenship. Hello. Oh. So a quick update on the show before we get a little housekeeping items. If you haven't noticed over the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been going to a three-man podcast with TJ Dalton and I. Uh, I'm happy to announce I believe this is going to be a permanent change. And uh, Lance and Jonah will still be joining us periodically, but I think uh, the quality of the discussions has uh, certainly gotten better over the last few weeks. And so uh, we're going to make the change. And I, th- I think it's uh, – and like I said, TJ and uh, like I said, well, TJ is always going to be here and Dalton will always be here. He can't he's not with us right now. He might be joining us later. But Lance and Jonah will still be joining us. and We'll have other special guests uh, periodically as well. But uh, we're going to be a three man podcast. Woo! Yeah. So that's that's the, our big housekeeping item. Good for us. Uh, correct. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh, as we're here from, I'm here in Chapel Hill on Snow Day Part Two. A I'm here in uh, I'm here in Huntington, West Virginia, where it <laughs> snowed about six inches a couple days ago. We were out of school Monday for MLK Day, Tuesday for Snow Day, um, Wednesday for Snow Day, and today was a two-hour delay. I've been to class once this week. All I, I and I. All I know is I'm going to find out about tomorrow by 8 o'clock tonight. So the WCPSS real... just canceled, so you're probably not going. Oh, this is a wonderful time. I, I'm just – like the roads still look absolutely awful here. They're going to refreeze tonight, so I don't even know if I'll have class tomorrow. Yep. Because they're going to – everything like melted today because it's actually a little bit warmer today out. And uh, they're going to refreeze in about two hours. So I just I'm, assu- need... I'm assuming I'm going to not have class tomorrow, but I probably will anyway. I just need them to cancel up through noon because my last class is from 11.15 to 12.05. So if they, could, if they basically will shut down up through noon tomorrow, I'm all set. And I'll have gone to class once this week. It'll I've gone to wonderful. three, but I'm really glad I went to class today because class was amazing today. Good. Yeah. That's always fun. Yeah. I've been to my, media, I've been to my journalism class this semester a grand total of once, and it was syllabus day. So I've done nothing in that class. I've it's been to my communications class for a total of two times, but each time she, uh, <laughs> we were in class for probably 20 minutes on syllabus day, and then we were in class 30 minutes the next day. So I haven't even been there for a full period yet because it's an hour and 15-minute class. I've been there for a total of probably 30 or 45. Excellent. Yeah, it's pretty great. College is spectacular, is it not? I love, I love college. Hey, my name is Derek. Um, I'm your professor, and uh, I'm going to cancel class because I'm tired today. Correct. So, yep. That will happen sometimes. No, that like, happened oh. this week. It was great. Oh, why, why thank you. <laughs> so we, we might have some very important breaking news regarding that later in the podcast. But we've got a, a pretty solid pod, a lot of news this week, a lot of kind of minor news, I guess. It was not, not other than one huge story. It was a lot of smaller pieces, and then – we're going to close out. We got a big awards corner special uh, with the SAG Awards this weekend. And we got the uh, Oscar nominee. So we're going to give some predictions for those. Yeah. And we're officially got the go ahead. Uh, the link is going out. Dalton should be.
Yeah, let's do it. What a break time. It's fantastic. It's perfect. Yes, it it really is. Hold on. <laughs> this app. Okay, back through the headphones. Whenever I go back into the app, it like decides it wants to turn from my headphones to speaker phone that I have to like go back into the app to go back to speaker. Back to the headphones. It's wild. That's weird. Yeah. But let's, uh, I guess, let's uh, keep on killing time here while we wait for Dalton. Uh, he, he, I just sent him a link. All right. Uh, um, so we'll, we'll start. I guess we have a, a, a quick news story, somewhat breaking news. Uh, uh, this was kind of reported on earlier in the week, um, but it appears as though – Ang Lee's Gemini Man has found its uh, female lead to go along with Will Smith. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead has officially joined the cast of Gemini Man. Um, I honestly didn't know that this was a thing, so... Yeah, I'm excited to see this. I mean, any Ang Lee movie is usually going to bring something special. Um... It, the cast right now is Will Smith, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and Clive Owen. So that's spectacular. It's an angry film, and because it's going to be a big action movie, they also landed the stunt coordinator for John Wick 2. So this movie cannot be bad. It I mean, can be, it can be bad, but it can be, but it can't be bad if you get what I'm saying. It could be the room good. Correct. Or it, it can be. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Godfather, good. Right. I'll put it that way. What I'm because that's a movie that you like. Correct. What I'm getting here is that uh, it's basically going to be Will Smith versus a CGI younger Will Smith. Okay. That's the movie. Okay. Oh, there's Dalton. All right, Dalton. Okay. All right. Okay. Dalton has joined the podcast. Everyone, Hold shout up, out people. to Dalton Willard. Hold up. All right. Sorry, so now the sledding. How how was the sledding? With all the snow here. God, we got like six. We got some dudes in North Carolina. It's been a fat we, ac- we actually got a lot. We actually got a sizable amount of snow. Yeah. Dude, it's it's funny because I was like, ha North Carolina never gets snow. These losers, I have snow, they don't. And then literally the next day you guys got snow. I yeah. found that really I found that really funny. Yeah. I've had like five snow cream this year today, just today alone, <laughs> with how much snow we've had. Um I I don't want to risk it here because I live downtown. Yeah. So your snow might be a bit infected. I'll probably find like a heroin needle in it. True, true, true. Want <laughs> any marijuana? West Virginia kids. <laughs> specific, specifically Huntington. Correct. Ooh, ooh, boy. Oh boy, oh, oh, the opioid ooh, center ooh. of America. Oh oh. <laughs> but yeah, uh, as that, but like as we were saying, Dalton, we were getting, we were just jumping into some breaking news here. Breaking uh, news. With, with yeah, with uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead has been cast as the female lead in Ang Lee's Gemini Man, alongside Will Ooh. Smith and Clive Owen, and they got the stunt coordinator for John Wick Two. This is this is getting up fine. So is it like an action film that we're talking about here with uh, Gemini uh, Man? Yes, like a sci- from... it's a sci-fi action film. Ah, uh, because I you got the guy from John Wick, so the action's probably going to be pretty good. Correct, but. Damn, that's, like I that's said, it, up. this movie can be bad, but it can't be bad, if you get what I'm saying. 
Yeah, they can't but, be complete garbage. You'll at least get some good action, I think. Right. Will Smith versus younger Will Smith. Um, we've also so it's Looper. Oh my. Uh, I oh forgot to put a, a certain story on the TV. To, we're going to do a little TV talk on this episode. I've got a little Versace recap to do from last night. But <laughs> I realized I forgot to put a very important TV story on there that we're going to talk about later. It's massively important. Because mm-hmm. there's going to be a John Wick TV show, and this must be discussed. <sighs> All right. Oh, yes. so, Guess who so, still hasn't really watched it? This guy. I haven't well, seen with 2 yet, but I have seen the first one. Right, we had it on in the background one time while we were all kind of talking, and you were like, I missed everything. And I'm like, no, you've missed nothing. You really just missed John Wick theater <laughs> reshooting people. This is, this is all you've missed. Exactly, so I missed everything. <laughs> Correct. Because that's the entire movie. It's a great point. It's John Yep. So let's jump into the uh, actual big story here. Not breaking news, but the, the big story of the week. Uh, finally, after many months... DC has finally found directors for its Flashpoint movie. Uh, this is the third time they've hired directors on this project, which is mm-hmm. not a good look. But uh, mm. they hired John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, uh, who co-wrote Spider-Man Homecoming. And whoop, their, whoop. Di- their directorial, and cre- directorial credits whoop. include the recent Vacation remake. And the upcoming game night with Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, I mean, listen, their second, the second director they picked for this movie was the correct one, and they screwed it up. Who was the second oh, director? Uh, it was James Wan, was, wasn't Fumiyawa? it? No, it was oh, Rick, Rick Famuyiwa. Who oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of Aquaman. Aquaman is James Wan. Yeah. Uh, My um, bad. They screwed up the first one, then they actually hired a good director, and now they're here. And yeah. I'm yeah. not, I'm not confident in this. Just I'm I don't ha- know how they're gonna adapt Flashpoint because they're making, they're now gonna make it like a comedy movie, and Flashpoint is not a comedy at all. It's far from that. Yeah, they're trying to stick with the Flash tone from Justice League, which I like. I thought mm-hmm. he was one of the stronger characters in that movie. I mean, but, in Flashpoint, Wonder Woman decapitates a child's head, so it's a bit on the dark side, if you know what I'm saying, right. guys. Like, it's... I mean, the best thing they had to the name is Spider-Man Homecoming, but considering that six writers wrote that thing... Yeah, we don't know how much exactly that was, was them, and they, they didn't bring these two back for Homecoming 2. So, yeah. And, I mean, who knows? We could see Game Night and it could be the best thing ever, but as of right now... It's a bit leaning towards the mess side for me. I really... I don't know. Right. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, this is... Again, I'm, I don't really know who gets credit for that Homecoming screenplay, really. I Like I said, they did not bring these two guys back. Chris McKenna and Eric Summers, they did bring back to write the script here. I mean, it's like Ben Affleck and my, Matt Damon both together, together writing. Like, you don't the really problem, know. <laughs> now, now, one thing Variety reported that was really interesting was that Warner Brothers initially offered Flashpoint to Ben Affleck, and he did not want to do it. I'm sure because they screwed him out of Batman, and yeah. he doesn't want really anything to do with the universe anymore. Right, he's done. Yeah, he's done imagine. with these movies. For uh, understandably, I mean, I would be too if I was in his shoes. If I was promised mm-hmm. to be the the epicenter of this new superhero universe to 
um, try and overthrow the MCU monarchy that is plaguing cinemas right now. Right. And promised a buttload of money and directorial stuff. I would be pretty angry too. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially after apparently they messed with his Batman script from what I heard. (laughs) Yes. So I would be a bit, yeah. Yeah. I'd be a bit teed off by the Warner Bros. execs. Which especially gets to you when Warner Bros. is always championing the fact that their director, their director a lot in the DCEU. So, well, I got whenever you hire three directors onto a project, it's that's not a good look. And like, if you just keep losing directors, which is why we said last week, we don't we don't know if Gambit's ever actually going to get made. It's the same thing here. Yeah. If if these two guys leave, then I think this movie's done. Yeah, no, I I think I agree with you because it wasn't it slated for what twenty nineteen twenty twenty. Yeah, it's I can't remember their entire timeline off the top of my head. It's still not a not where you want to be in for DC. Yeah, because it's coming out soon ish. Right. Soon meaning the um, next two years or so. I would guess 2020, probably. Yeah, it was either 2019 or 2020. I can't remember, but... Because there's not a chance they can have this movie ready for next year. No, not not at this point. Not a chance. I know next year... They're, they're either... Uh, at this point, they're either going to remake the entire DC Universe, or they're going to push back the entire timeline. It's looking like DC might have three projects on the docket for next year. Two or three. Shazam, which we're going to talk about in just a moment, will be ready for next year. That's locked in for 2019. Wonder Woman 2 is locked in for 2019. And then they're going off to shoot Suicide Squad 2 later this year. So Oof. they might be saving that for 2020. But I know Suicide Squad 2, with The Rock and directed by Gavin O'Connor, should be is shooting later in the year. Which, hopefully that will be good. Hopefully. I'm not... I, li- I like The Rock. I know he'll at least be a strong part of that movie. Correct. So We just always assume. But yeah, D- DC needs this Flashpoint movie to work in order for this universe to have a shot. And I, mean, I mean, DC needs a lot. This is their layup. This is the way they can reset the whole universe is with Flashpoint and basically reboot and, and get away from you know all, all the baggage of Justice League and BVS. Speaking of Shazam, do you want to move on to that news? Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, next up, Shazam, the cast is coming together uh, with Zachary Levi and Mark Strong. And today uh, it has been reported that Ron Cephas Jones, who is a, a veteran television actor, you've probably seen him recently on This Is Us and Mr. Robot. But, is, yeah, I was about to say if he was in, ask if he was in Mr. Robot. Yeah, and he is in talks to join the cast. Of Shazam, playing the character of the wizard who gives Billy Batson the ability to turn into Shazam. TJ, you uh, you have any thoughts on Ron Cephas Jones joining the cast of Shazam here? It's interesting casting, that's for sure. But um, I'm excited. I love I like him in uh, Mr. Robot. He's fantastic in that show. Yeah, he's that show was just excellent. The first season was good, was not as good. Season season three was a nice bounce back for them. Yeah, 
I haven't seen season three yet. He was a nice little bounce back season. Right, Dalton is back in. Dal- okay, Dalton, I, he, he hey, Dalton, we just talked okay. about the Shazam casting. What happened? Uh, Ron Cephas the... Jones playing the wizard. Ooh. And then Shazam, he's the one that gives Billy Batson his powers. Ooh. Ron, that's interesting. That's yeah. what I said. <laughs> that's quite interesting. Uh, <laughs> again, he, he, and, you know, This Is Us, he was very good on season one of that show. Um, mm-hmm. Seems to love getting killed off at TV shows in the first couple of seasons. Uh, <laughs> so that's a sad time for Ron Cephas Jones. It's, it's an annual season two occurrence. He gets killed off of his show, and that's it. That's the end of that. So, but Usually, he's going to play yeah. Ron Cephas Jones. He seems like a good. Seems like a good fit to play the wizard here. Oh, yeah, but that's yeah. A... That guy looks wizardy. Now that I got a picture of my head. So, yeah, he he's a fantastic actor, and I, I think it's a, a a great addition to this film. I know there's not really a. Uh, they have uh, David F. Sandberg on to direct, and he's solid. Annabelle Creation was a surprisingly good movie. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's. Yeah. Uh, I think we can all agree this is pretty solid casting. For a supporting role. One story I forgot to put in the rundown because I honestly totally forgot about it. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming 2 has landed a director of photography. Uh, They're changing cinematographers for this movie. Uh, They've hired Matthew Lloyd, who was the director of photography on Daredevil and The Defenders, both Netflix shows. Uh, We're going to get some good shots of web swinging in New York. That's all I can say. God. Oh, uh, how much money? God. How much money are we putting on a hallway fight scene? Um, Ooh. I, I'll I'll put a couple dollars on that. I'd put a few. Yeah, I'd, I'd wager it. Just it based be... on what this guy has shot. God, the hallway scenes are fantastic. Have you ever did he, seen did Daredevil's... He do both, did he do both seasons of Daredevil or just one or just two? Uh, I believe he's done all of the seasons thus far. Okay. Both seasons. Yeah. Oof. I'm not mistaken. Either way you go, those are some fantastic seasons of action I mean, right there. Yeah. Daredevil and Punisher are the two best Marvel Netflix shows. Absolutely. Um, oh, yes. I, I really I, – I also think Jessica Jones is phenomenal. I, yeah, that's, that's third on my list. It's less action-heavy, yeah. but it's, it's a phenomenal character. It's a very good character show, yeah. yeah. It's just – it's, like, it's good. It's just not as good. Yeah, I think Punisher does like the great character stuff like that the Jessica Jones does, and it also has the great action of Daredevil. Yeah, yes. God, that show. But yeah, that's so God. Spider-Man Homecoming to expect the action sequences to look spectacular. John Watts coming back to direct. And I'm I, expecting some really good web swinging. That's what I'm expecting. And we'll bounce back to this story, because this seems like a very good time to discuss a, a big Spider-Man rumor that came out this week over on, from John Schnepp on Collider Movie Talk. Uh, who is claiming that he knows for a fact that Tom Holland is going to appear in the Venom movie. Not, maybe not as Spider-Man, maybe as Peter Parker, but he's, he claims to know that Spider-Man is going to, that Tom Holland's going to be in this movie. I'm not 100% certain on this. I feel like uh, Mr. Schnapp has claimed highly, a number of things that have not I, turned true. Well, 
the thing about Venom I mean, is you cannot do Venom without Spider-Man. Like, because Venom mm-hmm. is literally the, like, the antithesis of Spider-Man. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could do it without, without Tom Holland, though. I, it's, it's, if we're exploring his origins to become like an anti-hero, is he fighting Carnage? True, but at the same time... But the, spy, the symbiote does gain all its powers and hatred for Spider-Man. That's where that origin comes from. Mm-hmm. And without Spider-Man, you don't get all that necessarily. Unless they're doing some sort of different symbiote that isn't the black one. Right. True, true. Which... It's not Venom if it's not the black one. It's a number of others. Right. Because there's like yeah. eight of them now. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I just... I, I don't know. I, I mean, it could connect to the MCU, but I don't know. It's Unless like, like right some like a like very reputable source confirms that, I'm going to say probably not. Um, At least as of right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is a again. I, I this would be a way for the Marvel Cinematic Universe to introduce R-rated concepts and allow them to potentially go forward with Black Widow and Deadpool and some of these other potentially R-rated franchises. Mm-hmm. Which as uh, an R-rated, right? Which especially as Deadpool joins, you know, the fold in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, is a big deal to just to be able to you know introduce that tone that there will be darker R-rated material, and we we could easily find out in the first Venom trailer if that Marvel logo instead of saying Marvel says Marvel Studios that changes a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, also, mm. potentially previews yes. Marvel going to four movies a year in 2020, which I think is. Which I believe has been their goal all along. They've been steadily expanding, but I think they're going to four a year. Yeah. And I think one of those you can expect to see maybe kind of a lower budget R-rated film, potentially something like Black Widow. Yeah, like that could open up their more... Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. That could open up their... Go ahead. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, but... (laughs) (laughs) We're in different rooms again. (laughs) We're, We're not even in the same town, so... Yeah. One of us is in a different state, though. So, hello there. Wild, I tell you. But it could have. You guys remember when I was on the other side of the country? That was pretty cool. It'd be a real shame (laughs) if one of these times we could actually see each other talking. It would be a real shame. Wow. (laughs) Who would expect? (sighs) But, anyways, like, I think that could really open up the door to, like, the quote unquote indie style portion of the MCU. Because I know people are complaining, like, the similar styles of it of the big blockbustery that could open up your new mutant style movies or Logan style movies in the MCU, I suppose. With you Venom has that is what I think. All right. So again, I think this really the the point of Venom potentially be, with Tom Holland being in this movie would be to bring R rated concepts to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that's something they're gonna have to try to find ways to do with Deadpool on the way. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, and you know, at, adding Tom Hardy to your cinematic universe is not the worst thing you can do. And Michelle, there, there have and, been worse decisions. And Riz Ahmed. Uh, so. If one does know the powers of the Batman, this as they say. Okay, Bane. Okay. Okay. 
It took you me a bit. I was, uh, it took me a bit to figure out what you were doing, and I was like, oh. <laughs> "Oh, oh." Which, speaking of, I still haven't watched the Dark Knight trilogy yet. Excellent. <laughs> Even though congratulations. I've... Still haven't. You're only ten I have years. PS... You're officially ten years behind. Officially. Officially. Dark oh my Knight. god, the first one came out in 2008. Well, Batman Begins was 05, but The Dark Knight, oh which, was when the, which was when the franchise really took off, was 2008. 2008. Yeah. Oh god. my god, I'm so old. Uh, meanwhile, guys, we have another piece of breaking news. Another? Yep, uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. this, this one is, a much, it has, is not like a serious movie casting news or anything, but it's still a fun little story. Um... Earlier, just a couple of months ago, Lady Bird became Rotten Tomatoes' best-reviewed mo- movie of all time, keeping 100% up through 164 reviews. And that has been matched with a maintained 100%. Ladies and gentlemen, the best-reviewed movie in Rotten Tomatoes has changed, ever. Ladies and gentlemen, we're still at 100%. We'd like to congratulate Paddington 2 on, uh, ah. on becoming the best-reviewed movie in Rotten Tomatoes history. What? I'm I'm surprised because I thought I thought the trailer did a poor job of selling it, but I've heard a lot of people saying how great this movie is. I I I haven't seen the first one. It's on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is too. But people loved the first one. I just I I thought the trailer for the second one looked like a total drop off, and it's not even close. Everyone's loving this movie. Yep, that's. That's what a bear. That's a bear. Yep. That's one powerful bear. Absolutely. God. The first movie, I believe, is rocking a 97 on Rotten Tomatoes. Good so, lord. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, they're both. I'm going to definitely check out Paddington 2 at some point because it's the one, like, actually, like, new movie that has I think I've ever seen play on the theater on Franklin Street. So we're going we're gonna to check that out at some point. I'm excited to, I'm excited to check it out. It's supposed to be great. Uh, also, right. uh, big screw you for DC fans everywhere that decide, haven't realized that it doesn't exist. Uh, Warner Brothers just announced the Blu-ray details for Justice League, and there is there remains no Zack Snyder cut that exists, and it will also not be on, on the Blu-ray. Uh, y- y- yeah. Correct. Uh, what were they, what were they expecting? Guys, Correct. Did, you see, did you see the picture of all these like oh, DC fans went and protested in front of – on the Warner <sighs> Brothers lot? We showed our power today, and there was a picture, and it was 13 people. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah, DC's for the fans, guys. Only 13 fans. They were promoting God. such triumph, and it didn't even come close. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. God, didn't they start a petition too? Like, I think there was like a petition. There was a petition for the Snyder Cut. It was a stupid. It was a change.org petition that got probably, what, like 50? Something like that. Probably half of them. Yeah. Did you also see the stupidity of the guy that made, like, that took The Last Jedi and cut out every scene with a woman in it? Oh, my God. Yes, I heard about. One of the (sighs) worst things of all time. Like, come on, people. <gasps> people are just dumb. What we we live in some interesting times. Can honestly. we just not accept films with uh, with women and people of color in them? Are, 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 there are people that just can't accept that for some reason, and it's insane to me. 
I have Wait, one I word. Know. I have our one biggest word for franchise, you. America. Right. Yeah, yeah. Our biggest franchises should reflect the world around us, in my opinion. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, you know, there's only seven billion people in the world, and not all of them are white or a male. You know, right. that little thing. All right, but I guess, suppose. but guess what? Guess what, guys? This is this is gonna be studded. The character that ends up kind of providing hope at the end of the Last Jedi—I don't know if you know this—was a white male. I know it's surprised. I know it's surprising to a lot of people here, but <sighs> oh, the stupidity! Okay. Of course, it was a white male. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, you know. Okay. America, explain. Ah, the world. <laughs> no, it, well, it's, ma- it's mainly America. Correct. Let's be, let's be honest here, folks. Yeah. It, so, it, it's mainly America. Correct. So, we'll, uh, it's, it, so next story here, we've got, uh, Testy. so we've got, I believe it was Universal. One, two, three. We're going to fact check that, though. Testy? Uh, you still, yeah, you're here still there. Uh, what? I went black. Did I go black again? No, you're still here. Did I go black again? I promise you're still here. He just left. And now he's gone. I, I, <laughs> I don't know what... He's having some pretty massive technical difficulties here. So I'm going to resend the link again. What a glory... Um, only yeah, only yeah, the greatest back- podcast from Films with Ferrara. Oh, yeah. We are... <laughs> Our technology is second to none, everyone. You will not find another podcast. Our technology is the best. It is the greatest technology in the world. Correct. No. Uh, so, the uh, I, I was correct on this, though. Universal has won a massive bidding war for an upcoming holiday comedy. Uh, no plot details yet, but... Uh, Jessica Chastain and Octavia Spencer are set to star. It's the first time they'll be acting together since The Help. Uh, one of the more iconic movies of this decade. I remember when that came out. It was uh, pretty. It was pretty big when it came out. Yeah, that was a good movie. And I, you know, again, no plot details, but Jessica Chastain co-wrote the original treatment, and. Uh, for the help or for the movie that they're about the, to start? For in. this movie, for this movie okay. along with Kelly Carmichael and crazy rich Asian scribe Peter Shirelli is going to pen the script. <laughs> I love Peter Shirelli. Yeah, I, I just think of Peter Shirelli as the old GM of the Bruins. And whenever I see any name, um, whenever I see Peter Shirelli, I just think of how he traded Tyler Sagan for nothing. And it's, it's just a sad time for me. It's the saddest time. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, and now the Bruins are good again, so what a time. What a time. Th- thank you to, to Don Sweetie here for, for saving the team. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Octavia Spencer. Sports, you lost Chastain. me. Right. I'm just, I'm just excited for these, to see these two act together again. I, yeah, I, they're both their, in- their, their chemistry on the help was, was really, really good. Yep, and they're both incredible actresses. Like mm-hmm. that just makes it just makes me happy that these two are, are going to work again, work together again. So, yeah, 
I mean, there's no other way to look at this. Again, we have no plot details, but I'm definitely interested in it. I think this is a, a solid... I mean, it's, it's still a pretty breaking thing to know that they're at least working on something together. Correct. Even if we don't know what it is yet. And, and they're both actresses. I just, I just love seeing them work in anything. And I, I, they're both coming off of phenomenal performances this year. Jessica Chastain in Molly's Game and Octavia Spencer in The Shape of Water. So Yeah, she was freaking fantastic in The Shape of Water. So we're going to move on here. Uh, hopefully Dalton will rejoin us soon. Next up, uh, Doug Lyman was doing an interview for something this week. I honestly don't know what. I, I don't think he has any movies coming out right that now. Was, okay. Ah, here we go. There we go. Back. There we go. So, yeah, we got Doug Lyman uh, doing an interview this week, and he says, uh, we are getting very close. Everyone's in, but potentially by either the end of this year or next year, they could be shooting Edge of Tomorrow 2. Uh, TJ, you think this movie's ever going to happen? <laughs> Who knows at this point? The, the first one did not do well, but it's it's a great That's, movie. Yeah, like, like it's gonna be a cult classic in ten years. Yeah, I I think it's a terrific film. Mm-hmm. With Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise, like they're both yep. great in it. Oh yes, and it's well directed. It's got a great concept. What? Like let's let's do it again. I will. It's, I will it's, it's Groundhog Day with aliens. I will see Ooh. Edge of Tomorrow too. Should it get made? Mm-hmm. I, I I'd probably see it. It's a great. Maybe not in theaters, but I'd see it. I I think I give it the theatrical treatment because I didn't see Edge of Tomorrow in theaters, and I I regret it massively. I didn't see it in theaters either, but I was happy with my Redbox purchase. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it, it's a terrific yeah. film and. It's one I would definitely, if this movie were to get made, I would definitely check it out. But I'm still not 100% certain Warner Brothers is going to greenlight it at the budget they need. Who knows? Uh, let, me, yeah. let me check the numbers. Oh, come on. I, mm. I literally log on to Box Office Mojo to check the numbers right as they're updating the site. That's just... Beautiful. That's incredible, kids. You, you will never world find... Living. You will never what a find world. better... Better te- again, better technology than this podcast, guys. First one cost $178 million to make, and it made $370 worldwide. So it just barely mm. broke even with marketing. Barely made even. They're going to have to lower the budget, but I think if you can get, get it down to about 150 they might be able to get this movie made. Uh, maybe. It's possible. It's possible. I don't know how they do it, but I think you can get it made if you yeah. could if you can cut the budget down to one fifty max. Yeah, I mean the Blade Runner sequel was made for like two hundred million dollars. So if you lower the budget, I think Blade Runner twenty forty nine was again. I I don't understand. I I I think like it's a beloved film. I never thought it was ever going to be this massive, like cult phenomenon. This massive like box office success. I never expected 2049 to do well. It's a phenomenal yeah. film, and it's now available on Blu-ray and on iTunes, so if you have not seen Blade Runner 2049, check it out. Go cop that. Rent it, Go buy it, that. however you want to do it. It's a brilliant film. Um, that I, I, more people should see, because I think they did an incredible, did, did an amazing job on that film. But mm-hmm. It's sad but, but yeah, that's that's Edge of Tomorrow too. Uh, next up, because uh, Creed Two is on the way, 
Everyone's excited about it because it's Creed 2. It's coming out later this year because special effects are not needed here. Uh, and they've cast Florian Montanu uh, as Ivan Drago's son. Uh, it, plot details are vague, but this seems... I, I, we don't... It seems obvious at this point. Rocky's going to be fighting cancer while Michael B. Jordan avenges his father's death against Drago's son. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Which I think is the only way you could have gone with this sequel, honestly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> the first mm-hmm. one was trying to live up to the legacy of his father, and then the second one was trying to surpass it and... Avenge it. Avenge it. Avenge. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... Especially with all the tensions going on in society with Russia right now, uh, this, this, it just seems like a layup that this would be what you do for Creed 2. This is, is yep. as easy as it gets. Mm-hmm. So he's joining a cast that includes Michael B. Jordan, Sylvester Stallone, Tessa Thompson, and Dolph Lundgren returning to the franchise. Did they say who play. the director was going to be? So it's going to be... Isn't it Sly? No, he was going to. It's, think... it's uh, Stephen Capel Jr., who is a young up-and-coming filmmaker. I think this is his first like major movie, if I'm not mistaken. He made a movie, his last movie, he made a movie called The Land in 2016. Um, okay. I like I've heard of it. Starring one of our okay. childhood Disney Channel icons, uh, Moises Arias. And uh, again, like I said, one of our childhood Disney Channel icons. And rapper, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And rapper Machine Gun Kelly. So he hasn't yeah. made a movie in a couple of years, but... More importantly, maybe most importantly for what Stallone realized he needed for this movie, he's a director of color. So that's which that's I, which I think is important to the tone of what they're going for with Creed Two. Yep, I mm-hmm. think I think you have to. He also just directed an episode of Grown-ish, the Blackish spinoff over on Freeform. Yeah, which is supposedly really good. Okay. I've not gotten a chance to watch that show yet. I've I've heard the same thing. Yeah. And uh, okay. also, uh, S- Stallone wrote the screenplay alongside Chio Hodari Coker, who is the creator of Luke Cage. Ooh. Yeah. The TV Ooh, show. Pretty... That show was pretty good. Absolutely. The first half was pretty solid. Yeah. Yes. Uh, again, I- I'm excited for it. The- boxing movies are a layup. Like, it says e- boxing movies can be terrible and great at the same time. It's that easy. Because your first, like, 90 minutes can suck, but if you nail the last 30 minutes, you nail the actual boxing stuff, it's an absolute layup. Yes. This is why, this is why I love boxing movies. And Creed is just terrific. Just, and, again, I think they needed a director of color to, knit, to get back to the tone that was set, that Ryan Coogler set with the first Creed. Because so. I think if you had a 70-something-year-old white dude trying to bring the tone of Creed... Uh, it would just not work because Stallone was going to direct it, and then he was like, "Actually, bad idea." Yeah, thankfully. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, this guy. I mean, you absolutely love the first one, so. All right, Drago's son here. I mean, he probably can't act. He doesn't really have to. He just needs to have the stature and build like he did in the first He one. just needs to be ripped, and he is. So yeah. that's the end of that. That's <laughs> really that's, – you have one job if you're playing Ivan Drago's kid. So Yeah. I mean, he's probably going to say like one or four lines, but, you know, he's probably not going to be like a 
he's not going to have to, like, act his butt off or anything like that. Right. Like Michael B. Jordan. By the way, on a somewhat related note, but also, uh, you know, uh, uh, a guy not an actor that needs to be cast in more stuff? You're going to be very surprised. As I was rewatching Atlanta yesterday, uh, Quavo, the rapper from Migos, he, he's in episode three of that sh- of Atlanta for, like, five to ten minutes, and he's actually really good. Like, someone should take a shot on him in, in a movie. Hmm. Okay. Actually good. If you go and watch okay. episode three, he's in it for like five minutes, and he's the only Migo that says any lines, I believe. And he's awesome. He's excellent, actually. Interesting. So, hmm. so now we're going to get into a little bit of trailer talk here. Uh, that's, that's the week's movie news. A uh, little trailer talk. Finally, about two weeks after we implored the studio to release a second trailer for this movie because they were going to screw this up, there's finally a second trailer for Tomb Raider out. Have you guys got gotten a chance to watch it at all? Uh, no, not yet. Me either. Yeah. Okay. I think that maybe they listen to our podcast and they listen to us. Maybe. <laughs> the likelihood of that is incredibly small. Thank you, Warner Bros. Executive, listening right now. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I will say, they should have led with this trailer. This is actually a good trailer. Mm -hmm. And I walked out of it like, you know what? Walton Goggins, it looks like a... a, I mean, stop me when you're surprised, but he looks like a a terrifying villain. Uh, He's terrific, as always. Looks terrific, as always. The action Mm -hmm. looks good. Like, Like, this is the trailer they should have led off with. Not, mm-hmm. you know, throwing out there with, like, two months before the movie comes out with no one paying attention. There was no lead-up. All of a sudden, I just saw an article yesterday, like, Tomb Raider trailer coming tomorrow. I was like, oh, okay. This movie's going to bomb. Warner Brothers has screwed this up beyond com- compare. Yep. Yeah. No one cares about it anymore. No one cared yeah. about it to begin with. Right. Had this trailer mm-hmm. been the first trailer, I think people would have cared. Yep. Probably. That's all I'm saying. It's, it's a well-done trailer. The action looks great. Yeah. There's nothing really more to say. Warner Brothers what I said, they messed it, up the marketing has campaign. messed up this marketing campaign. And they're going to pay big time for it in a couple of months when this movie comes out. Oof. Mm-hmm. So. That's, that's Tomb Raider. Uh, a good trailer. I'm excited to see it. But... This movie sold me on this. This trailer sold me on the movie, but maybe it might be a little too little, too late for them. They're mm-hmm. gonna need. They're, they're gonna need one more trailer in the next two months, honestly, or something. They need some or a viral moment on a talk show or something to get this moment, this movie, like in the con- public consciousness. Do you think they could pull a Super Bowl on us? Possibly. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, that's a layup for Warner Brothers. They have to pull out a Super Bowl trailer, and they have to yep. make it a good one. Yep. Because if that, if you bomb a Super Bowl commercial, you're done with this movie. Yep. That's it's literally their last hope. Because no mm-hmm. one could care about less about this movie right now. Yeah. So, and we got a little bit of TV talk. I'm gonna do because I don't know. I'm sure you guys probably didn't get a chance to watch it last night. Um, I'm gonna do a quick little recap here. Uh, FX brought back American Crime Story for a second season last night. The first season, the critically acclaimed The People vs. O.J. Simpson, which uh, one of my favorite shows of the last few years. When it was on, I could not shut up about it because it was so good and so uh, riveting. And season two here is about the assassination of Gianni Versace, for those of you that uh, have not seen the one billion commercials for it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, starring mm-hmm. Edgar Ramirez, Penelope Cruz, Ricky Martin, and Darren Chris. Uh, and uh, episode one aired last night, and I very much liked it. it. They're going for a very different sort of show than People vs. OJ. They're really looking to dig into the mind of a spree killer. And whereas the People vs. OJ Simpson tried to deal with race and class in many ways, uh, this is a, a show that's going to do a lot with sexuality and homophobia. Particularly because... Johnny Versace, as well as his killer, Andrew Cunanan, who's played incredibly by Darren Chris. His performance in this episode is unbelievable. I didn't realize he was capable of this. Um, they were both gay. So mm-hmm. they're really looking into this, uh, you know, into sexuality is the theme of the season, it appears. And they're, do- they're also doing this backwards. They, they start the season. The first eight minutes are, are the murder. And they're going to, each episode, based on what I've read, is basically going to go further back chronologically. So, to delve more into the mind of this killer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Again, Penelope Cruz has got Donatella Versace down. She is, that performance, again, we didn't see much of her last night, but what we did see was excellent. And she's she's gonna deliver as she always does. Like I said, Darren Chris runs away with it. There's a moment, and the the official American Crime Story Twitter account tweeted out a gif of it, where um, he's just come back from from killing Versace, and they're watching the news on TV and they're covering the shooting, and there's this woman in front of him with her 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 hands covering her mouth in shock, and he mirrors it. But underneath his hand, you can see a, sh- a somewhat shocked expression turns into a smile. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the creepiest moments of television I've seen in a long time. Just what he oh, does with his, with his eyes in that scene is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's an, wow. The performance we saw from him last night was awesome. And I'm, I can't wait to see what he's got coming uh, later on in the season. Should be should be great. It's interesting, that's for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I'd have to check it out. Yeah, we're gonna try to. to do little weekly recaps here. Again, uh, much of this episode was just in the murder and the beginning of the manhunt. However, we do also go back and we see some things that have been disputed by the Versace family, because this season is based on a book, and one of the big um, points that this book makes is that Versace actually knew his killer like, years before and had maybe a romantic fling with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we okay. see kind of the beginnings of that intertwined with, with you know, the killing and the aftermath of this murder. Yeah. So it, mm-hmm. it's definitely a show that's going to be worth watching. It's only going to be nine episodes. Uh, FX is on fire right now, so... Uh, they're going to be a network we're going to be talking a lot about because I would expect in April, we're, in March, we're going to start doing some Atlanta recaps, maybe. And although because we record on Thursday afternoons slash evenings, it's going to be very difficult to uh, cover a show that airs Thursday nights at 10. Mm-hmm. But maybe we'll do maybe we'll do those on yeah. a website. <laughs> uh, we're going to maybe do some Legion recaps when that comes back in April. So we're going to try to do a little more TV stuff here. but. Mm-hmm. FX is definitely going to be a, a network we're talking a lot about. Uh, and also, yes. the other big TV news, as I alluded to it earlier, 
Stars has officially ordered a John Wick TV show, everyone. Uh, Keanu Reeves Con- is an executive producer of it, as far and as I know. Is also, yeah, and he also Ooh. is going to recur on the show, so Ooh, he's going to kind of come in and out mm-hmm. uh, every so often. But the show's called The Continental. It's going to be about the hotel and the group of uh, assassins that inhabit it. Yeah. And the series of continental hotels that we see in mm-hmm. the John Wick franchise. This, this, this show is money. This show could be terrible and it's going to be incredible at the same time. Like, I, I mean, all you have to do is just have like one action scene per episode that just just kills and that's it. You're so, good. That's, that's all I'm yes. watching this show for. As much as I'm actually interested in the idea of the continental and that's why the John Wick franchise works. Mm-hmm. Um. We're gonna, this is going to be an awesome show. And uh, obviously, we've also got John Wick Chapter 3 coming out next year. It's going to be a, like a, a summer movie. It's May of next year. Uh, and now, if you know the ending of John Wick 2, minor spoil, well, spoilers, I guess. But it's not really a big deal. Uh, because these movies are incredibly light on plot. John Wick... John Wick has been excommunicated from the Continental, and he's going to be basically on his own with every assassin in the world after him. So John Wick, even more killing in this, even more shooting in this this next movie. It's going to be insane, and I'm so excited about it. God. I'm usually not a fan of of shoot-em-up movies, but John Wick does it far better than any previous shoot-em-up franchise does. Sure, I'll I'll say that. It, it, just in the just the club scene in the first John Wick, there are a couple. There, there's a couple of great fight scenes in John Wick Chapter yeah. Two. It's an incredible mm-hmm. action franchise. The way they shoot the action, it just works. Works. Apparently, that pencil, pencil scene, scene, pencil scene, in John Wick Two, and John Wick Two in terms of box office numbers. A lot of people discovered the first John Wick on HBO, and it did a lot better than the first one did financially. So. But the Continental, I'm all in. I'm watching this show. I, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'll watch it because I think you got a good – it's a good world. Right. It's a good world. Like that's the thing that John Wick right. – it's got a really good and, world. And you know, this show we'll being on stars, they can go all in on the violence. Uh, and they, whereas if it were on like TNT, this, would, uh, this show wouldn't work. I think you can go all in when you're on stars. Yeah. So. Yeah. But that's TV talk. Now we get to the crux of our episode today. Another, just because we're in the middle of award season here, we got the Screen, Act- the Screen Actors <laughs> Guild nominations. Uh, scratch, right? Not nominations. Screen Actors Guild Awards are Sunday night. Oscar nominations are coming out this week. Um, so we have another massive awards corner. So we're going to start awards corner with some Screen Actors Guild Awards predictions. Um. Uh, and then I asked, I don't know how many people did them, but uh, I, have cre- I have Oscar nomination predictions in eight categories. Picture, director, actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, original screenplay, and adapted screenplay. And we'll go from those. So I've, I've made predictions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So okay. we're only going to cover the movie categories here for uh, the SAG Awards, although there are some great TV categories as well. And so great TV performances, there are just a lot more of those to go through. Mm-hmm. Unless, do we want to do TV? Do we want to do TV? Yes, yes. I can do TV. All right, we'll do, we'll do, we'll do TV then. That's fine. Cool. All right. Let's do all of it. So SAG Awards. 
All right, Screw so... it, we'll do it live. <laughs> All right. All right, O'Reilly. Um, <laughs> so we have outstanding performance by an actor in a leading role. Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name. James Franco for The Disaster Artist, Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out, Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, and Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire. Dalton, any of the, which one of those five do you think taking home the actor, as they call it? Hmm. Taking home the actor? See, I would have said, I think I'm going to say Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, I think. I think he's my yeah, lead that, guy right Yeah, I'll now, agree with that. I think it's I between Timothy Chalamet and... Uh... Gary Oldman right now. I 100% agree, and I think Gary Oldman gets it just for being I Gary Oldman. Does. The way I think they're going to frame this is yeah. Salome's 22. He's got all sorts of time. If he's already turning in performances like this, it, it, it's time to elevate Gary Oldman to that level uh, that he's, he's been at for a yeah. while, just and, and finally getting the praise he's deserved over all these years. Gary Oldman, I think, is a clear winner. They're, like I said, Timothy Chalamet yeah. and Daniel Kaluuya both are young enough to where this is this is probably not it for them in terms of awards nominations. So, yeah, I mean I think they're all fantastic performances. It's just I think Gary Oldman he's yeah. done so much, I, I, you know. He it's also an incredible. Away. He also gives an incredible performance as Winston Churchill. It's not just a lifetime achievement oh. award. Which the the Screen Actors Most Guild definitely. Screen Actors Guild does have a lifetime achievement award, by the way. And it's yeah, you're it's going to go to Morgan Freeman. It's Morgan Freeman this year, so you 100 percent have to tune in. That's movie news we did not mention, by the way. Real quick, we don't have to go into this, but we are getting a sequel to March of the Penguins this March. It's coming out on Hulu, and Morgan Freeman is coming back. Yay! So get excited if you have Hulu ooh, this ooh. March. We will be marching with penguins. Once again. <laughs> so, all right, so we all pick Gary Oldman oh, for yes. Best Actor. Best Actress, we have Judy Dench for Victoria and Abdul, who is, I think, the one that gets kicked out for the Oscars. But yeah. Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water, mm-hmm. Frances McDormand for Three Billboards, Margot Robbie for I, Tanya, and Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird. Uh, let's see, Dalton went first, so TJ. Who who do you got for best actress here? Uh, honestly, I I don't know. It's probably going to go to either Sorcy Ronan or someone else, in my opinion. Uh, for me, yeah, I have it down to two, and Sorcy Ronan is my number two. But I'm going to take Frances McDormand to take home the actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just feel like that that her work in Three Evil Boards is that's how that movie gets honored in the end. Dalton, do you have a pick here? Well, I've heard the most about Sally Hawkins and Margot Robbie's performances, but I think three billboards. Uh, what was the Francis McDormand? Name like you guys said, Francis McDormand. I've heard so much about like how great that performance is. So I'm also basing this off of what Francis I've seen. McDormand. I have not seen three billboards yet, so I, I'm thinking Francis McDormand's going to win her second Oscar this year at the moment. Yeah. Because she, she hasn't won one in 20-plus years. Because she won for Fargo. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's been a while. So, Dang, that's been a... It's been a hobbit. Sally Hawkins is the... Uh, Saoirse Ronan's my number two. Sally Hawkins is a massive dark horse, though. I could totally see her walking away with this. Mm-hmm. All right. So, best supporting yeah. actor. We have Steve Carell for Battle of the Sexes, who I think is clearly the one that get, gets kicked out for the Oscars. Yep. Clearly. 
Willem Dafoe yes. for the Florida Project. Woody I think Harrelson. he has a good shot of winning. Woody Harrelson for three billboards. Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water. And Sam Rockwell for three billboards. So Sam Rockwell has come out of nowhere to really become the big Oscar frontrunner here after winning at the Globes and the Critics' Choice. I, I think having Woody Harrelson here, though, hurts his chances. I think yep. they, they could split votes. I, I'm taking Willem mm-hmm. Dafoe to get back on track here. I am too. Yeah, Willem Dafoe. Uh, again, awesome I think thing. this is going to be a, an award show where the original contenders of the season get back on track. Mm-hmm. So, uh, especially mm-hmm. in the supporting categories. Yeah. Let's see. So, best supporting. So, we all have Willem Dafoe. Best supporting actress. We have Mary J. Blige for Mudbound, Hong Chow for Downsizing, Holly Hunter for The Big Sick, Allison Janney for I, Tanya, and Lori Metcalf for Lady Bird. Dalton, do you have a pick here? Well, I really loved Holly Hunter in The Big Sick. That's, the, I think, the only one that I've seen. But I think, uh, what was the last one? Laurie Metcalf. Laurie Metcalf or was Lady it, Bird? Uh, Lady Bird. I think Lady Bird is going to take it. Laurie Metcalf is my pick right, right now. TJ? I think. I'll agree with that. Take it? Uh, again, I said I think this is where the frontrunners kind of get back in it. And I think Laurie Metcalf gets back in the race here. Uh, it's a two-horse race right now. It's Laurie Metcalf and Allison Janney. Because Laurie Metcalf has the way more critics' prizes, but Allison Janney, with the Globes and with the Critics' Choice, suddenly probably finds herself in the as as the front runner right now. I have not seen Itania yet, but I just if with Allison Janney, I just almost automatically assume she, which anything she does is awesome. So she's as close to a lock for a good performance as you're ever going to find out of an actress, no matter what she does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, a true industry icon from the West Wing on. So, uh, and then we have the Outstanding Ensemble Award, which uh, the winner of this award has been has, or not necessarily the winner, but the winner of Best Picture at the Oscar have been nominated for this award like the last ten years. So, the, one of these five movies has a very good shot to to win Best Picture this year, uh, and incredibly. The movie that's possibly the front runner is not even nominated, which is odd. Uh, so we have The Big Sick, Get Out, Lady Bird, Mudbound, and Three Billboards. TJ, uh, which of these are you taking for best outstanding performance by a cast? It's an ensemble award. I don't even know. Probably Three Billboards. Yeah, that's that's where I'm leaning. To. It has so many acting nominations. I feel like it's a lock. Yeah. Uh, again, I. Yeah. Lady Bird, I feel like is the one that has the best shot to up to to beat three billboards. That's what I was thinking too. Because um, that's mm-hmm. also an incredible ensemble. It was between the those two. The shape me. of water is stunning. It's stunning to me. I would have gone with that one if it was on there. With Sally Hawkins, Octavia Spencer, Richard Jenkins, Michael Shannon, and Michael Stuhlbarg, like five yeah. of my. Like, that movie has, like, five of my favorite performances of the year. It's, it's really surprising that, yeah. that that doesn't have a nom here. Yes. Really surprising. Dang. It's gotten a lot of awards consideration. Shape That's of Water is going to have the water. most Oscar nominations, I think. I think so, too. It's going to be the most nominated movie. Yeah. Deservedly so. It's a phenomenal film. I mean, it's a great movie, so. Yeah. I think I might have found a way to watch it tonight or sometime Absolutely. while I'm off for snow. Check it out. It's, it's so worth it. It's a brilliant and beautiful film. It's pretty great. 
But yeah, I'm taking three billboards here. Dalton, do you is, are you looking at three billboards or are you thinking Lady Bird or something else? Well, uh, I think three billboards most definitely is what I was going with anyway. I think so. You know, which is all casts are right. all casts were great th- by the way. Like Get I, Out, Get Out, them, I think is like I a think. super dark horse. As is Big Sick. I I think Mudbound is a, a sneaky option here. Because uh, that movie, th- that ensemble is excellent all around. Everybody is great in that movie, and it has a large cast. With uh, Rob mm-hmm. Morgan and uh, Mary J. Blige, Jason Clark, Kerry Mulligan, Garrett Hedlund, Jason Mitchell. Phenomenal ensemble performances there. So, it's very possible. Plus, it's a Netflix movie, and I think yes, the Screen yes. Actors Guild is probably going to be the most uh, welcoming of those uh, of the guilds for that. All right, so now we get into some TV stuff. Mm-hmm, TV here, uh, we have outstanding performance by a male actor in a TV movie or miniseries. We have Benedict Cumberbatch for Sherlock, Jeff Daniels for Godless, De Niro for Wizard of Lies, Jeffrey Rush for Genius, and Alexander Skarsgård for Big Little Lies. Skarsgård. I'm picking Alexander Skarsgård. I, I just feel like Big Little Lies is like the show. Yep. Mm-hmm. Most in definitely. Spot. Uh, I also he lost the globe, but I'm gonna, I'm so upset that uh, Kyle McLaughlin did not get a nomination here. Just a, a crime. His work in Twin mm-hmm. Peaks was next level this year, guys. It was he great. Played like, he played like three characters and killed mm-hmm. every single one of them. So wow. disappointing that that yeah, man did not. Good for a fascinating eighteen episodes of television. God, I gotta watch that show. Uh, best God. actress in a TV movie or miniseries. We have Nicole Kidman for Big Little Lies, Jessica Lange for Feud, Susan Sarandon for Feud, Reese Witherspoon for Big Little Lies, and Laura Dern for Big Little Lies. So it's two whole shows for five spots. Um, Dalton, do you have a pick here out of this massive crowd of stars? Uh, I think they're all really good. From I think they're all really good. Maybe Big Little Lies. Yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, I you literally have two shows. But there's five actresses here. Yeah, I think Big Little Lies would be my pick. Possibly. Kidman, Dern, or Witherspoon. God. Uh. Kidman, I think. It's been a while since I've looked at them. Possibly yeah. Kidman. TJ, you have a pick here? Uh, yeah, I'll get that too. I'm also thinking Nicole Kidman, but it's either going to be Kidman or Dern, both of whom yep. have gotten and just, just cleaned up awards for this show. I agree. It's got to yeah. be one mm-hmm. of the two. So. Kidman, Dern, one of those two is probably going to win. Uh, best actor oh. in a drama series: Jason Bateman for Ozark, Sterling K. Brown. Can I get a second? I'll be off for a second, guys. Re- I'll be okay. right back. Oh Sorry no, you're interrupt. good, man. All right, we have Jason Bateman for Ozark, Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us, Peter Dinklage for Game of Thrones, David Harbour for Stranger Things. Now, now officiating a wedding. Oh my gosh, year. it is amazing. So watch out for those. The senior photos are out, and now he's officiating a wedding. This if, the, if the date works with season three. Right. This is going to be a banner year for David Harbour. This Love guy David is the Harbour. best. Yep. 
and Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul. TJ, do you have a pick here? It's going to be Sterling K. Brown. Correct. But I, I want either David Harbour to win it or Peter Dinklage to win it. I, I would love to see David Harbour win because I, I think David Harbour's performance is spectacular and he's just easy I think he, love I think as a celebrity. He, he and Will both had like the best performances of season two. Correct. But Sterling K. Brown, I think, is a lock for This mm-hmm. Is Us. He's been cleaning up awards the last few years for this and OJ. Yep. And it, he's And awesome he kind of got shut out uh, a couple – was it last year he got shut out? Yeah, because he lost to Courtney B. Vance for yep. OJ. It was, it was OJ versus OJ, and he yep. was the one that didn't win. So I think this is a – It's now his time. It's his year to win. Yep. Is Dalton back? Or? I think he – Yeah, I was waiting to wait. I didn't want to interrupt while you guys okay. were talking. So uh, we got – who are you picking here, Dalton? Jason Bateman, Sterling K. Brown, Peter Dinklage, David Harbour, or Bob Odenkirk? Hmm. Dang. Is uh, Peter Dinklage Game Correct. of Thrones? I'm yep. assuming. Correct. Okay. And Jason Bateman is uh, no, a. Right? Jason Ozark. Bateman, Ozark. Ozark. Sterling K. Brown for This Is yes. Us. Peter Dinklage for Game of Thrones. David Harbour for Stranger Things. And Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul. Hmm. They're all really good, but I think Sterling K. Brown stands all out right. the most. So we've all got say. Sterling K. Brown correctly. Yep. Again, I, I think this is a, almost a two-year thing because not only is he amazing in This Is Us and has been cleaning up awards for it, he also did not win the SAG for OJ because he lost to his own castmate. So this is a, a nice little double win for him. At least I yes, think yes. he lost to OJ, to Cordy B. Vance. Hold on, let me check that. Dang. Again, that show had so many good performances, I can't even blame them. People be OJ? Yeah, I can't even. Yeah, I can't even blame them for if they gave it to Courtney B. Vance. And he's gone again. <laughs> of course he is. Love, love, gotta love it. It's just killing the technology game today. Yep. So Anyways. what I'm gathering here, so he, um, he was double nominated in 2017. He was double mm-hmm. nominated. So I, I feel like this has to be his year, right? Yeah. And in the end, not a great look for, uh, for the screen actors. They gave that award to Kevin Spacey last year. Look. Ye- well, not now. <laughs> not now. We didn't know at the time. It was at the time. Right. It still was just weird. That was like a weird one last year when he didn't get nominated. Yeah. And he didn't win. But I think he wins this year. I think so he gets he gets the makeup call. I think people were afraid to vote for him in both categories because they thought, yeah, oh, they, or he split votes across the two. And this time, he's just got the This Is Us ensemble nom and a Best Actor nom. So, yep, I think this so, is I think it's a lock for him. I think so too. Uh, we have six Best Actor in a Comedy nominee nominees. Uh, Anthony Anderson for Blackish. Nope. Aziz Ansari for Master of None, which. He's in a not now. Well, that did you read that piece? It was. It's a, uh, it's yeah. a very odd situation. I, it's. I it's, feel like it was more of a miscommunication than it was sexual assault. Yeah, but it's it's a weird situation he's in right now, because I don't. But I don't know. I've I've had more people say, or I've I've had I've heard more people say that he's 
innocent of the situation. It was just a matter of miscommunication. I, I read a lot of. So pieces. I think I think he's okay. Oh, I, I read a lot of pieces by women uh, regarding this. You know, saying this isn't necessarily harassment or assault, but it's something. I it's a to. bigger conversation we have to have. I was like, okay, that's that's a yeah. different. I can agree with that. So Aziz for Master of None, Larry David for Curb Your Enthusiasm, Sean Hayes for Will and Grace, William H. Macy for Shameless, and Mark Maron for Glow. I don't know if he's going to win. I would pay good money to watch Larry David get up and give a speech on that stage. He won't win. It's going to be between Aziz Ansari and um, William H. Macy. I think Mark Maron is a dark horse. He is phenomenal on Glow. I've never seen it. Which is a show I friggin' adore. That show is Yeah, awesome. I've heard you talk about it before. I've never seen it, though. Um, but I'm, I'm between William H. Macy because uh, he'll probably win for that, for Shameless again. Again? And, yeah. Or between Aziz Ansari just because Master of None is just a fantastically written show. I, I think you, it's, I have it down to Aziz, Larry David, and Mark Maron. Yeah, so, I mean, it's... I don't think there's an incorrect uh, answer here. Yeah. Like, everyone has a really good shot at winning. That's a good category. Yeah. um, One. I think I'm going to take Larry David, just because I think he's Larry David. And Curb is Curb. I'll take William H. Macy, just because of the reputation Shameless has. I kind of, and Aziz is going to be up there. Um, yeah. And, and again, watch out for Mark Maron. I think this is the best he's ever been in anything. Glow is I've, awesome. I haven't seen Glow, so I cannot give you an opinion. Right. Uh, best actress in a comedy series, Uzo Aduba for Orange It's going to be Black. Louis, uh, uh, I can't pronounce Allison Brie, Glow, Jane Fonda for Grace and Frankie, Julia Louis-Dreyfus for Veep, and Ju- her. Lily Tobwin for Grace and Frankie. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I, I can't pronounce her name. Sorry. <laughs> and this is going to be a super triumphant win for her because she just finished chemo the other day Yep. for breast cancer. So this is going to be an, just an awesome moment. Yep. Yeah, they're going to give it to her. I, not to mention, she is, in fact, the best actress on television. Veep is, is a miraculous show. Debatable, yeah, debatable, but I will agree to you to an extent. I will say I, she is she is one of them. That performance, it, just every episode, Veep just kills me, and she kills me about five times an episode. It is she is incredible. Yeah, every se- every season, every episode. I haven't seen all of it yet. I've seen bits and pieces. It's such a good show. Yeah, I've heard. And lastly, uh, we have two awards left. So best performance by it. Oh, did we do? Oh, we, I totally skipped Best Actress in a Drama Series. Well, I just went right past it, stupidly. Uh, it's a lock, though, so not that it matters. But we have Millie Bobby Brown for Stranger Things, Claire Foy for The Crown, Elizabeth Moss for The Handmaid's Tale, Robin Wright for House of Cards, and Laura Linney for Ozark. This is, this is done. This is over before it started. This is Elizabeth Moss. Yep. It's I, easy, thought, easy I thought you were about to say Robin Wright. I was like, uh... No, I, I, I it's going to be Elizabeth Moss. No, Elizabeth Moss, is, it's a, it's a clean-cut victory for her. Yeah. We're not, we don't have to spend more than two seconds on this. It's over. Yep. All right, next category. All right, best ensemble in a drama series. The Crown, Game of Thrones, Handmaid's Tale, Stranger Things, and this is us. Stranger Things won last year. It'll probably be Game of... Wait, oh, I was going to say Game of Thrones, but I don't know. 
I feel like it's this is us. This is us did not get yeah. the nomination last year. I think this. I think they win this year. Yeah, they have a shot this year. Uh, Handmaid's Tale also very much in it, and Stranger Things could repeat. That ensemble is incredible. Yep. Uh, I guess I'll go. This is us though. Yeah, they didn't I'll, get the nomination. I'll, I'll, I'll go with you there. And lastly, we have standing performance by an ensemble in a comedy series: Blackish, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Glow. Orange is the new black and Veep. Veep. So Veep is the clear front runner here. Um, definitely. But I'm telling you, the dark horse is is Glow. That entire ensemble. It is the most, maybe the most entertaining show I watched this past year. It is insanely entertaining. The, yeah. the entire cast is great and charismatic and fun. Uh, fun to watch. Just chew up scenery. I, I, they could definitely take home this award and i would not complain about it at all yep because they're it again great show if you guys have not watched it it's on netflix and it's very much worth watching um but that's that's the sags there's also like stunt categories but that's whatever i'll take game of thrones if you want my stunts i want i'll take game of thrones in tv and in movies i'll take baby driver not that it matters much but I, I was. I agree with you 100 percent there. All right, those categories are not really big deals. But... No. All right. I do hope Baby Driver wins though, because I'd love to see Edgar Wright on that stage. Right. That would be. I mean, he would not get any credit for it. But oh no, absolutely not. But all right, he was he was the one that came up with the entire movie. idea of that movie. Right. So. Just to see that movie get get. Some some sort of recognition. I think it's gonna yep. get some Oscar noms. I think it's gonna get sound stuff, sound noms. I think it'll get sound design, and it will absolutely get an editing nomination. Yep, brilliantly edited film. All right, so now we're gonna do because the Oscar nominations are coming out, I believe, next Wednesday. So next week we're gonna have a huge Oscar nomination breakdown. Um, but I have predictions. Do you have predictions or for nominations? Uh, I'll go after you. Okay. Uh, first of all, how many Best Picture noms do you have? Uh, f- I'm going to say either four or five. Uh, it's between five and ten. Oh, oh yeah, my bad. I'm, what am I thinking of? Maybe I was thinking of SAGs, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'll add a couple more movies on there, so I'll say seven. Okay. Um, so Dalton is having internet issues as if we couldn't tell and is having trouble getting back on so uh, everyone go follow him at dalton w with two l's he's he will not be joining us for the rest of the show sadly we got this though sad times i I have eight best picture knobs and i did not these are not in any particular power ranking order or who i think is going to win they're not even in alphabetical order i just wrote i just typed them up and, and however whichever order i thought of them but i have eight best picture knobs yeah Lady Bird, mm-hmm. Get Out, mm-hmm. Shape of Water, mm-hmm. Three Billboards, mm-hmm. The Post, mm-hmm. Dunkirk, mm-hmm. Call Me By Your Name, mm-hmm. and The Florida Project. That's basically mine. Okay. That's, that's pretty similar, except I think I took out – I think I replaced Call Me By Your Name and Florida Project because I – forgot those movies existed right call me by your name is only just now getting here i don't think florida project is ever going to open in north carolina i'm upset i really want to see that movie yeah um 
What other movies did I have on there that I replaced those with? Uh, I think I replaced those with... I don't even know. I think Big Sick and um, Darkest Hour. I would love if Big Sick got nominated. I don't think there's a shot of it happening. No. I I mean, I there, there's movies that I want that I know will not get a nomination. Like, I think Logan should at least deserve a nomination. But uh, it won't. It will not get one. It will not get a best picture nom. I would. I. I. I, I think screenplay is very possible. Screen, adapted screenplay is very possible. Yeah. So. But I have hope I, for that I one. I think eight best picture noms. I don't think I. You won't see me complaining if those are the eight movies. Yeah. That's for sure. And I. I honestly. We'll find out. I, three Billboards was such a Golden Globes movie. I just don't see it. And a Screen Actors Guild movie. I just don't see it winning Best Picture. Yeah, no, I understand. I, th- I think your three that really are going to be in this are Shape of Water, Get Out, and Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to come down to those three. I agree. And Shape of Water took home the Critics' Choice Award for Best Picture. So that's a big deal for that movie, just to have some sort of awards credit going into the season. Definitely. All right, best director. So obviously now we get to the, all the categories where there are five nominees, and uh, I'm I took four out of the five directors guild. Usually there's one difference, and I'll explain my different my difference. The first four I have locked in, but it's same. Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan. I have him there for Dunkirk. Got him too. Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird. Got that one. Jordan Peele for Get Out. I didn't have that one. I don't think okay. he's going to get a nomination. And uh, I took Martin McDonough out of the five. I put in Sean Baker for the Florida Project. And here's I why. was going to Okay. So there's usually one big differentiation. And the Academy loves performances from kids. Yep. And Sean Baker got an incredible kid performance in Florida Project out of Brooklyn Prince, who had never acted before in this movie. So that one I replaced, I replaced that with a Dallas Villeneuve for Villeneuve for uh, Blade Runner. Oh, I wish. Oh, I would. I I wish I could like put him in this five. I I don't think there's a chance he's getting a nomination. I would love if he did though. I think it's a dark horse. Oh, absolutely. I just don't think it's, it has enough buzz right now to get those sorts of nominations. It's gonna clear, like shit. maybe 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 supporting actor for Harrison Ford. Again, I wish. I, I just don't. I think it's going to be a technical only, and that's it's sad. I think this was better than that. But yeah, uh, Denis Villeneuve last year getting a nom for Arrival was great, and I think that's yeah. as far as we're getting here is because I don't think he's getting a Blade Runner nom as much as he deserves it, honestly. Yeah, but like I said, Del Toro, Nolan, Gerwig, Peele, and Baker. I I just think Jordan Peele I think would be easily the riskiest one to cut out from the DGA. Cutting out, mm. cutting, out, cutting out the black guy, not, not always a great move. So, and I think the Academy is definitely going to be thinking in terms of that. Especially just a couple of years off the Oscars so white controversy. Yeah. They're going to they're want the woman. They're going to want the, the African-American male. And you know what? They both deserve it. It's not just because, oh, she's a woman and he's a black guy. They both deserve these nominations. They're both incredibly well-directed and incredibly well-made films. I, 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 my my issue with Get Out is that since it was his directorial debut, 
like while it was still good, like they were still stronger, like more stronger directed movies this year that came out. Right. Well, uh, well, yeah, but I I think this is the movie that captures 2017. Like this is it. This when we think about 2017 in film ten years from now. This is the movie. Get out's the movie we remember, and I think some, you have to honor that in some way because of its direction. I think if anyone else were directing it, like if a white guy directed this movie, that movie just doesn't work the way it does. Okay, I'll I'll agree to disagree. I think I think without Jordan Peele's vision, this movie is not at all what it is. I think it's more strongly written than it is directed. So if you got like a writer's nom. Well, you get both with that with him, and I think he's gonna get the double knob. Okay, sure. So, I, again, I, I don't think it's just because you know he's the black guy. I think it's a, I think it's a brilliantly directed movie on, in many ways. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that. That those are my five. I cut Martin McDonough out for Sean Baker. Kid performances. The Academy adores those. I think Del Toro is almost a lock to win at this point, though. And that makes me really happy, actually. I, I hope it's Del Toro that wins. He deserves it. He, he has been directing for so long. And to see him get the credit, finally get the praise that he's deserved for so long, like seeing him cry at the Globes, and he was awesome at the Critics' Choice Awards the other night. Mm-hmm. Um, he just doesn't care about the music playing him off. He told them to stop the Globes. The Critics' Choice, it was really funny. He, he, the music started playing. He goes, this is really nice music, actually. And then just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is the best. That's it's, the Del Toro move. Yep, he is awesome. And, and just to see him finally get the love he deserves as a filmmaker, is, is just, it's great for society, honestly. Because he's, he's just awesome. All right, yeah. best actor. I, I had to struggle with best actor just because of the Franco accusations. It was a really tough one. Uh, I'm, I don't care about accusations. If you gave a strong performance, I'm going to give him credit for it. Right. I'm not going to give him not a nomination I because was just, of something that happened outside of the movie. Because right. these are not my personal nominations. These are what I think the Academy is going to do. And True. Mine's a little bit of both. I had to do some research. Um. On this, and I, I discovered these accusations did not come out until there were two days left of the voting. So that's good for Franco here. That's yeah. really good for Franco. Yeah. Um, which means he gets a nomination and then will come in last in voting for best actor. So, whatever. Yeah. My five I have Gary Oldman, Timothy Chalamet, okay. mm-hmm. the two, I think you're clear top two, Daniel Day Lewis. I think it's mm-hmm. just I, I think there's not a chance they don't nominate him for his final movie. I agree. James Franco. The, the, the accusations just came too late in the game to prevent him from getting a nom, I think. Mm-hmm. And from the clouds, uh, after the Globe nomination, SAG nomination, I'm going with Daniel Kaluuya. I think he actually officially has the, the awards credibility to get that nomination. I'll go with James Franco, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal for Stronger. I wish. Forgotten performance. Yep, I agree. Uh, he was a supporting actor. Never mind. I have to cross that one off my list. Who? I was going to say uh, uh, Garrett, Garrett Hedlund. 
in Mudbound. Mudbound. Yeah, I'd say he's more supporting. Yeah. Great performance, though. Yeah. Probably so... the best he's ever been. Anyway, um, Gary Oldman. I think he'll get at least a nomination. Probably going to win. I hope so. Um, yeah, that's... Other than that, my list is the same. Um, you know, Joe and Hall, it's sad that he's still not going to get a nomination here. At the same time, it does open it up for for an actor like Daniel Kaluuya, who is, uh, you know, a, a very deserving potential nom here. Sure. For a, a phenomenal performance. Sure. All right, best actress. Frances McDormand. Saoirse Ronan, Sally Hawkins, Meryl Streep, and Margot Robbie. I think those are pretty set in stone at this point. Yep. Uh, the only one, I think you, you can get Jessica Chastain in there, maybe. but Maybe, but... Eh. I think those five are pretty set in stone. I think so, too. All right. All right, so glad, glad we're in agreement there. Supporting, yeah. a- supporting actor. I have Willem Dafoe for The Florida Project. Sam mm-hmm. Rockwell... For uh, three billboards. Mm-hmm. Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water. Yep. Army Hammer for Call Me By Your Name. Mm-hmm. And then the fifth spot was tough. Uh, I thought about Woody Harrelson. I thought about Michael Stuhlbarg. I ended up with Christopher Plummer for all the money in the world. I, I think that I think his performance is great. The amount of time he had to prepare it's, it makes it even more impressive. And I think it's the symbolism of voting for Christopher Plummer too that that gets him a nom. Um, I'll, I'll, yeah, my, my list is basically the same, so. He also has a Globe nomination and a BAFTA nomination under his belt. Um, I don't believe mm-hmm. the movie was done in time to screen for the Screen Actors Guild Awards, but I think he gets that, the edge in that last Oscar spot. Yep. Do you have any differences there? Or? Nope, I think that's, yeah, that's, I mean, if I had any difference, maybe one, but I don't think they'll get a nomination, so it doesn't matter. I'd like to see Michael Stuhlbarg get a nom, because he's literally in three best potential Best Picture nominations this year, which is insane. Yep. Shape of Water, The Post, and Call Me By Your Name. And he's great yeah. in all three. That's just insane to think about. Yep. All right, supporting actress. I feel good about four out of the five of these. The other one is uh, kind of a toss-up, but I've got Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird. Alice and Janney for I, Tanya. Those two are locks, set in stone. I think so, too. Mary J. Blige for Mudbound. I'm feeling pretty confident in her getting one. Holly Hunter for The Big Sick. The Sagnom got her back on track. Um, mm-hmm. After the Globes. The, what were the Globes on when they didn't nominate her? Oof. And uh, Octavia Spencer for Shape of Water. Which is kind of my toss-up one. I thought about Hong Chow, who's literally the only redeemable quality of downsizing. But I think Octavia Spencer, just because I think they're going to go for the shape of water in a big way. I completely agree with you on this one. All right. So we're down to the screenplay categories here that I have. Adapted or original? I have both. Okay, cool. So original, uh, I knew I had to go different from the Writers Guild because there were some movies that got left out that they weren't eligible that the Academy is definitely more likely to go for. Yeah. So three billboards, which wasn't eligible. I think it's a lock for a nomination. Get out in lady bird in 
The Post mm-hmm. was not nominated for the Writers Guild. Knowing the demographics of the Academy, The Post has a much better shot to get a nomination here. Uh, and The Shape of Water, which is a lock. Yeah. Uh, the Post, you can maybe swap out with The Big Sick, and I would love to see The Big Sick get nominated. I was, about to, I was just about to say that. I was about to say, I think Big Sick could be added in there, but all right, Dominic. I, so, would, okay. I would much prefer The Big Sick get nominated than The Post. Since, since you said that, I 100% agree with you. <laughs> but Because it got the Writer's Guild nom over The Post, I, but just based on The Academy, I, I'm just thinking there's a much better shot of The Post getting in. Um, yeah, and then adapted screenplay. This one was tough because I felt great about four out of the five of these. Disaster. You said artist. adapted screenplay. Yeah, adapted. So I'm gonna say a disaster artist. That's yep. one of them. Locked. Molly's game yep. is locked. I think so too. Call me by your name is locked. Mm-hmm. Mudbound, I think, is gonna lock in. I think Mudbound. I don't think it's gonna get a best picture nomination. It should deserve, but for Netflix to get a, a screenplay and a. Uh, uh, best an acting nomination would be huge for them. Would be huge. Yeah. Um, in addition, they're probably going to get some technical stuff for Bright. Like they're, they're they're in a good spot here. Yep. And the last spot I thought about it because I think Wonder is a is for sure a more traditional like Oscar sort of movie here. But mm-hmm. when in doubt, look to the guilds, and I went with Logan. Oh, yep. I don't, again, I don't know if it'll get the nomination, but when it does. I doubt it, but I want it to. Yep. Uh, I think it should, it, it deserves that nomination. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful film. It is. Uh, and a powerful film in many ways. I agree. So. You saw my reaction to that film, so. Yes, it, I mean it's a it's emotional, it's powerful, it just works. It's a movie that works. Yep, that's why it was my favorite of 2017. Yep. So those are our Oscar nomination predictions and the the big eight categories. Uh, yep. I'm feeling I'm feeling good about this award season. I think there's a good chance that they get uh, that they're going to get a lot of this right. It's a yeah, it's a pretty good season this year. And especially I I again I'm very much hoping that uh again if I had to pick best picture the a winner, uh I, I would probably go Shape of Water right now, but after Moonlight I, last year. Uh no, I I don't I don't I don't know. Hey guys, uh this is Dominic, the host of the Films with Ferrara podcast. We had some technical difficulties at the end of the episode, so the outro sadly did not record. So I'm going to give you guys the outro right now. Please, we had uh, had some mass difficult, massive difficult technical difficulties on Dalton's end today, as well as uh, we had a phone call that screwed up the ending of the podcast today. So very sorry about that. We'll hope that uh, that doesn't happen again. Please go follow Dalton on Twitter, at DaltonW with two L's. Please go follow TJ on Twitter at the TJ Blank. Uh, please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DomFerrara5. You can read our writing at filmswithferrara.wordpress.com. You can follow the website and this podcast on Twitter at filmwithferrara. You can also like us on Facebook, Films with Ferrara. 
again, I'm very sorry about this week's technical difficulties. It was uh, very unexpected. It might be partially due to the weather here in North Carolina. We have a lot of snow on the ground or whatnot, but I don't know. I, again, I very much apologize for the ending of this podcast and how it ended so abruptly. Then I was not supposed to. Uh, but guys, please tune in again next week. We're going to be talking about the Oscar nominations in detail and uh, going into every category next week. And from all of us here at filmswithferrara.wordpress.com, have a great week and enjoy the movies.